Episode 37, the Photon Podcast. We're going to talk about buying your second handy talkie. The ins and outs and more coming up. AmateurRadio15.com presents Photon, the other ham radio podcast. Sponsored by Main Trading Company. Find them online at mtcradio.com. Now, here's your host, Kale Nelson, K4CDN. It is episode 37, the Photon Podcast. I am your host, Kale Kilo for Charlie Delta November. Sincerely appreciate you being here. Yeah, 37. I'm a little older than that now, but not much. And 36 was a great year for me as well. And it was a great episode for you, undoubtedly, because it's it's just an amazing response that we've received from the listeners of the Photime Show regarding the D-Star Show with George and Jeremy. They did an outstanding job. And I'm just, I'm still kind of in shock and awe. Maybe it's just me. You guys like them better, but the response was phenomenal. We've got a lot of questions, a lot of comments, a lot of big thumbs up. And people just saying, thank you for answering those questions I've always had about D-Star. And matter of fact, we're going to talk in a few minutes about how that particular program actually influenced a purchasing decision for our guest on the show today. Now, how cool is that? So anyway, it's, it's a lot of fun to do this program. And whether it's me or them or whoever is on the show, we're excited to do it for you. And it's always a lot of fun. We do this every other week. It's the Photime Podcast. You find it online at photimepodcast.com, and we've got a whole library of shows that you can listen to. And you may want to go back and listen to some old ones. You may want to send us some of your ideas for some upcoming shows. We'd love to hear from you. We, we love hearing from our listeners, and uh, we're actually going to have one of our listeners on the show tonight, today, tomorrow, whenever you're listening to this program. You know, I don't know where you're at or when you're at, but uh, we're going to have one of our listeners on the program that we've been wanting to have on for a while. We'll get to that in a couple of minutes. But first, I got to tell you, this portion of the Photon Podcast is brought to you by the ICOM ID 51 Alpha Plus Handy Talkie. This 5-watt dual-band D-Star and GPS-enabled Handy Talkie offers all the features you're looking for and even some you didn't realize were available in an HT. From its IPX7 submersible rating, voice recorder, Android tethering, and more. This feature Aladdin Handy Talkie deserves a look. And you can find the ICOM ID51 Alpha Plus at mtcradio.com today. mtcradio.com Just getting over this this insane collapse of computering responsibility around here i'm still recovering i can't get my old thunderbird out and and i'm having a time with that i've got a lot of my files back you probably heard christy in the intro you'll hear again in the outro uh thank goodness we were able to salvage that but man i'm telling you uh not backing up stuff is not a very good idea so (laughs) kel's gonna be doing that in the the next couple of weeks uh just want to say thanks again for you guys listening participating with the show thanks again to george and jeremy for carrying me the last time and a big thanks to Ed. Ed Bradshaw is coming up here in just a minute. His call is Whiskey 4, Echo Delta Fox. Ed is a Coastie, and he resides in the nation's capital. We've talked about having Ed on a couple of times. He's one of Jeremy's buddies. He's done some videos with Jeremy. Ed's really in antennas and stuff. But he emailed me a few weeks ago and said, Kel, I got an idea for a show. What do you think about this? And I liked it uh, because it addressed some of the things that I necessarily had just kind of given up on, forgotten about, 
was not going to concern myself with, and that is a higher-end handy talkie or maybe a second-purchase handy talkie. And uh, I just want to bring, bring Ed in here just a sec and hope you guys enjoy the program. I'll be back in a few. Again, thank you for listening to the Photon Podcast. Folks, with us we have Whiskey 4 Elta, Echo Delta Fox. Uh, you may That may sound a little familiar to you if you've seen Jeremy's videos from field day two years ago. They were using Ed's call and uh, because it was the shortest one they had of the bunch. Ed, welcome in to the, uh, to the Photon Podcast. Finally, nice to have you here with us. Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Guys, Ed is a coastie. Uh, is, that, is that how you say that? Is that the correct terminology? Yes. Okay. Well, thank you for your service, Ed. Well, thank you. Yep. Spent uh, eight years as a, um, in the Coast Guard uh, as a marine science technician. Wow. See, that, I can't even spell most of those words, but we appreciate your service there. And again, thanks for coming on the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself. We've got your call, Whiskey 4 Echo Delta Fox, which sounds really cool when you say it phonetically. Uh, tell yep. us a little bit about you being in the amateur radio. Uh, let's see. I have been a licensed ham for three and a half years. Um, I, ham radio is something that's sort of always been been around. I mean, not that I've had people that I knew directly that were involved with ham, but as a kid, when I'd listen to, say, shortwave, uh, I was always fascinated by by hearing people talking or uh, even just AM radio. And, and at night, you know, you get at dusk when you start hearing some of these stations from far away. I just got this love for that magic of what's coming over the, the airwaves. Um, and, uh, and then, of course, as a, as a young kid in the 70s and 80s, having access to a Heathkit catalog... Not the money to buy anything in it, mind you, but at least, you know, I'm sitting there and just sort of dreaming of all these cool gadgets and toys that you can get out of Heathkit and seeing some of the ham radio. Um, but it took a long time to, before I actually became a ham, uh, mostly because I didn't directly know any, any hams or there was no one really to, to kind of help bring me in. And it was uh, almost four years ago. I was at the Science and Engineering Fair in Washington, D.C., and uh, I'm walking around, and I happen to see this area where there are little satellite models uh, around, and it was the Amateur Radio Satellite Group. And the question came to me that I'm, I'm sitting there, all right, amateur radio, no money. Um, how do you get a satellite up in, how, how are they doing that? So, so I sat there in, in the crowd and I asked the guy, I said, all right, how do you, how's that work? And when he told me how they do it and, and really how the, the amateur satellites are essentially packing material for the, the real satellites or the, you know, the, the, the big money satellites, mm -hmm. I, that is what hooked me. Is I I heard that and just that that idea of um, of uh, sort of uh, oh can't even think of what I, what the term would be but uh, I just I really found that fascinating and I wanted to know more about amateur radio and at that point in time I'm I uh, reached out to to a club I happened to uh, to reach out to one of the members of. Uh, W4HFH, which is the Alexandria Radio Club, and they told me about uh, they were doing a test. I got the books, read up, and I think I crammed for a couple months, uh, took the test. I passed my technician, and they gave me the second test that evening, and I passed the general, and the rest is history. Fantastic. Fantastic. 
<laughs> Speaking of uh, up in that area, that's where you met our, our good friend of the show here, Jeremy, who was on just last time with George doing the D-Star show. Uh, you, you and him kind of made, that's how you became friends was through the amateur club. Is that correct? That is correct. As a matter of fact, uh, I really can claim Jeremy as, as my first real Elmer um, because I went to a club meeting before I had taken the test, and he was kind enough to, to tell me about uh, various uh, study materials and some online things that really helped out. And, um, and you know, a, a couple club meetings, and I are... are uh, Hanging out a lot. Uh, lives only about um, was about two miles away from me, and and as he's mentioned multiple times, he doesn't he didn't didn't have a really good place to to do radio. I have uh, a nice big front yard and a big tree, and so I'd invite him over to uh, to set radios up in the front yard, and he and I would just around with antennas and and make contacts and. And just chat about radio. Cool. It's nice to have some folks to play with sometimes, even as yeah. adults. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, and uh, of course, unfortunately, uh, but fortunately, I'm very happy. He's uh, he's now moved to Ohio, and uh, so so there we go. So it's just me out in the front <laughs> yard with the radio. We we Ed, we talked about having you on the program. We were going to talk antennas. Because you've done some great work with some antennas that, uh, and we'll list those videos that you and Jeremy did together when when y'all were hanging uh, out up there in the in the Capitol. Uh, but uh, since that time, uh, you've been real busy with work and uh, job moving, what stuff like that. Uh, and you came across an idea for a show. And, and folks, this is what I love about our audience: they listen to the program, they get inspired to do something in the hobby, even come up with a, a great show idea like you've hatched here, Ed. Tell us a little bit about what you want to talk about today on the Photime Podcast. Well, today I wanted to talk about uh, HTs, uh, your handheld transceivers. It's usually, as a ham, it's, 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 it's typically that first radio that you buy. And, uh, and, of course, when you're buying it, it's always that one radio you, you really don't know much about. Um, as a, especially as a new ham, somebody just tells you at the club or says, hey, just go down to the store or go online and order this particular handheld and, and whatnot. And, um, you know, having done that myself, um, I think my first, uh, my first handheld was the FT-60 from Yesu. And, you know, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what to look for. And so the idea was, you know, as I've, I've used handhelds, I've, I've purchased some others uh, over time and just recently purchased a, the ICOM um, 51 Alpha Plus. And as I was using it and comparing that to my experience with the other radio, I thought I'd, it'd be really kind of interesting to talk about uh, what some of the features are, what you're looking for when you look at some of the, um, the features on a radio, what does it really mean, what's it going to get you, and uh, some of the, the other philosophy, I guess. So it's sort of an opinion piece, but uh, at the same time, I hope 
it kind of helps uh, spark some some thoughts as as other people look for for an HT. Well, you you know the the simple answer nowadays is just when when people tell us they want to get into the hobby, the first thing that they're told immediately is just go buy the thirty five dollar handy talkie from Amazon. It's good enough to get you started. Yep. Uh, you probably toss it in a bag anyway in a couple of months and and move on. Um, and I can't say that that's the worst advice to give someone, but it may not always be the best advice, especially if they they really want to start out with a nice quality rig. It, it, exactly. Um, now, w- let's see. It was uh, about three years ago when when um, you know I got my license, and the radio that everyone was was suggesting was the ASU FT60. Um, seems to be the the go-to HT as far as the um, we'll say of the the more general HTs. Uh, I, I think at the time some of the the more inexpensive Chinese radios had just been been starting to to show up in the at the ham stores. So um, and uh, you know and it's a great radio. It's a really good radio. It's it's built like a brick. Um, Unfortunately, it's the size and weight of a brick too, <laughs> uh, and there are a number of things that uh, that that over over the years and having uh, used some other radios that I've realized it's probably now one of my least favorite radios. Um, you know, uh, so it, is a, is an HT to get on to your two meters and seventy centimeters? Yeah, well, it's fantastic, um, but could we do better? So. So that was uh, my thinking. You know, we, we recommend a lot of folks, uh, we recommend the FT-60 coming in over the Baofeng or the Ocean or something, if nothing else, for the simplicity and the, the ruggedness. But as you progress in the hobby, simplicity and ruggedness may not be exactly what you're looking for. Right. And, uh, and, um, and I would even say that, that to an extent, the FT60 isn't necessarily the most simplistic. Mm. Um, but I think that probably holds true for a lot of radios. Um, the thing, the thing, and I'd say my latest philosophy for an HT is this: I want a radio that I'm going to want to use every single day, and th- that also includes carrying over beyond using it to talk on a repeater. So I want a radio that gives me some extra features so that every day I'm using this radio, one, because I spent the money on it, I, I, want, I don't want to just spend uh, $100 or $200 on an HT and then throw it in a bag and, and you know use it every now and then. I want to spend a couple hundred dollars and, and use that radio all the time. Um, and you know we're not always going to be on the repeaters, so what else can the radios do? Got you, and uh, and so things like weather radio, which you know a lot of uh, myself and I know a lot of people, uh, probably listeners are are folks who like to to do ham radio outdoors, and having weather uh, weather information is is really important. Um, you know, yes, we have our cell phones, but sometimes we're not necessarily in, in the range of a cell phone, and, and weather radio is, is really handy. Um, and uh, as well as FM broadcast. Um, for for one, just for news, and two, it's, you know, if you're out camping, it's nice to have a, a, an FM radio that 
it's all inclusive. I don't have to carry a separate FM radio if I want to listen to the radio. I don't have to carry a separate weather radio. It's all right there. Yeah, you can listen. Like yesterday, I was helping my brother-in-law do some work, and we were listening to the Gamecocks play on the FM radio on the Ocean HT. And, and we didn't have to have a boom box in there, whatever we call it nowadays. Exactly. And and you might think, all right, well, that's kind of trivial. It's not that important. But, but again, because I use that radio every day, I'm now familiarizing myself with how to operate that radio, mm-hmm. how to get from the memories to the different uh, the broadcast reception to to various things. So, um, so that's that was my thinking that uh, I want I want certain features that are going to make me want to use the radio more, which as a result allows me to become more familiar with the radio and the radio becomes more useful. Um, that, you know, that's something I haven't even considered, Ed, be very frank with you. That that one point there, uh, because I despise using my handy talkies. Uh, well, a lot of it has to do, too, with I live way far out. So even with our excellent repeater system, it's still hard to get in with a handheld from right. where I live. Um, so I have a finally got me a really nice mobile, the, the Kenwood TMV71 Alpha, that I'm just <laughs> loving, in, in the van, the Millennium Falcon. Um and that's what I spend the most of my time using. But if I had an HT that was more fun to use, more intuitive, more user-friendly, I really believe that I would probably keep it with me because now uh, I never I never really even had – I took it with me yesterday so I could listen to the ball game. But by and large, I never – I came out of the fire service. I worked in the fire service for almost a decade years ago. We always had handy talkies, or we called them walkie-talkies. It was part of your uniform. You had it with you, so when you went into a fire or you know any emergency situation, you had communications. But I got away from that, uh, and I'm not used to wearing that or having that anymore. So leaving the house and taking a handy talkie with me doesn't make sense to Kel anymore. But I think that you just nailed it. It's because it does nothing for me. Exactly. And so as an example... Um you know there are a lot of repeaters in the DC area, and uh, and so during the commute time, you get a lot of people talking on the repeaters. Well, I actually took the metro for uh, up until just recently. I took the metro to get to to the office, so I couldn't get on the repeaters during the commute because I was underground. Mm. So having a mobile rig. Uh, that made no sense to me. I was in. I I would spend about ten ten minutes a day in my car. The rest of the time, I was I was either walking or I was uh, was taking the train. Right. And uh, but I ended up getting the uh, the VX three R from Yesu. A little tiny radio. I mean, the thing's the size of a box of Tic Tacs, pretty much. <laughs> and uh, and it has a lot of really interesting features to it. It has your AM FM broadcast reception has no weather radio um but it also let me monitor stations uh, stations outside of uh including the washington metro uh rail channels so i could actually listen to the radio and listen to what the 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 dispatchers and the the uh person running the train were talking about <laughs> you and, know I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, so, and and where that that came in really handy a couple times is uh, we'd have an unfortunate incident may may occur. Uh, in one time, uh, you know, someone was struck by the train at the station that I was I was heading to, 
And over the loudspeaker of the of the train of the cars, they were saying, "All right, well, if you're heading here, get off, transfer to the next train, and and uh, go around the other way." And I was able to listen in and hear about that time they had just started letting the trains through, and I knew I could sit still and be at my station sooner because that was going to end. But so I was privy to some information that was not was not uh, give over the uh, over the loudspeakers, all because I had an HT, an a-, a ham radio HT, that uh, that did more than just let me talk. Yeah, on, and it, in that, on, that metropolitan area, you have a lot to listen to. Even outside of, like yeah. you said, amateur radio, you've got the, the transit authorities, uh, probably some of the, the taxi services if you wanted to go there. Uh, yep. maybe some maybe some of the emergency services. You know, Dan Romanchek's been on the program before. KB Six and you has the tremendous blog and does the no nonsense study guides. Right. He told us on the show, Kel, I don't even have a mobile radio. I don't even you know, I don't even drive. Because right. he lives, you know, he lives in Ann Arbor and he can walk anywhere he wants to go and there's so many repeaters there, he just takes his handy talkie with him and he's he's a happy guy. Exactly. Uh, you know, living thirty minutes from everywhere it's hard to think like that, but you know, not everybody lives in the upstate farmlands of South Carolina. You're right there in the midst of everything, and a right. handy talkie is absolutely perfect for you. Yes, and and the three in the in the X3R is just like you said, it's so tiny. You put it in your shirt pocket, and people think you just got a really long ink pen in there or something. Yes, uh, and and uh, and one of the nice features of that, which I will say here, so here's. Here's one of those comparisons, and, and I can get into some of these more in, in a bit. But one of the comparisons, and another reason why I got the uh, the VX3R was, so I have my headphones on for because uh, I'm usually listening to music on the train, going back and forth or podcasts. And uh, with the the VX3R, it actually has a, a headphone or earphone plug that you can plug your headphones in and listen to it right there. So I could, cause one of the, I think one of the things I always felt a little uh, self-conscious about was, you know, pulling out this big HT <laughs> with a big antenna on the train. And, and, you know, even though people keep to themselves and pretend to ignore you, yeah. I'm sure they were probably looking on what in that guy doing. So, yeah. um, I, I wanted to keep things as sort of, uh, as sort of low, low key and, and uh, on the down low as possible. So having that was handy. Uh, if you were to plug the headphones into your um, into the uh, FT60, uh, it actually keys up the mic <laughs> and starts to transmit. So so um, so that was one of those little things. And that was the reason I, I didn't carry the other. That's why if I had the one, I ended up uh, taking the other. The other was the size uh, was really nice. I could keep it. Uh, I could just have it in a pocket. I could keep it in my bag, um, kind of like a EDC type of a of a situation. Right. And uh, and, and having that uh, for EDC is, is really handy. Um, was about four or five years ago. Unfortunately, prior to me getting uh, my my uh, license, we had the earthquake, and you know for the most part everything was okay, but transportation was just at a standstill the trains had stopped and of course everyone's trying to rush out after that delay wow. and having the radio would have been handy my cell phone wasn't working mm. uh, 
everyone was using. Everyone was using the cell, the cell towers. And so it was overloaded. So there was nothing about it. The, the power was there. The infrastructure was there. But because everyone was using it, trying to call home and, and find out what was going on, it was just impossible to do that. If I had that little radio with me, I'd have been able to listen to the to the news and hear again the reason for having the FM. I could listen to the news, hear what's going on, find out if there were any closures. Does it make sense for me to grab a cab? Do I do I chance walking across the bridge if the bridge is open? Uh, you know, I could listen to the repeaters and hear uh, what folks are saying there and hear what the other hams would be saying. So, so again, that's that kind of goes back again is is having that that. Uh, a useful HT goes beyond just using it for me to talk on the on the radio, but but is is just a, a nice little alternative for getting information, especially in an emergency. You know, and it's a minimal cho- a minimal cost. I mean, granted, it's not a thirty dollar rig, but uh, it's less than one hundred and thirty bucks for the yeah. UVX three R, and it, it uh, is. that's a nice little radio. I had one of those uh, pre ham days, nineteen ninety nine, and uh, never used it. I used it well for what you're using it for. Listen to the uh, the fire service. I monitored the fire frequencies. I listened to the AMFM radio when I was on shift and board. But, um, you know, I, I wasn't licensed, so I couldn't do anything. Guys, what we're talking about here is uh, handy talkies. Maybe your second handy talkie where, uh, and we read this online all the time, people have just had it with their bow. Now, there's a lot of people that love them, and we're not here to beat up on them in this program. That's not what this program's about. I actually have, I think, six or seven Baofeng 3Rs. I have uh, four Oshin. Uh, 2D, 1D, and 6D models. So I've got my fair share of Chinese handy talkies. That's not what this program is about, beating up on those. But we're talking. We're going to talk about why we would want a little nicer model or why we would want a nicer model. We're going to talk about some of those models. Uh, Ed, you broke down why you some key features of some things that you would want to see in a handy talkie uh, that you probably wouldn't find in your bare bones $29 Amazon Prime special. You want to go through some of those? Yeah, sure. Um, so, so the biggest one, and this kind of ties into the the, the VX three uh, R because this actually does not m- meet this uh, this requirement. Right. Is having five watts on internal battery. Um, now, the, uh, the VX three R is uh, one to one and a half watts, and you can do as much as three watts, but you have to use an external power supply. Um, so that's one thing to keep in mind as you're looking for a radio is, you know, if it says, uh, oh, this will do three watts, make sure that it does three watts on its internal battery. And that can actually change as well when you talk about the um, the AA battery pack, which is a common common thing for a lot of HTs. Um, and I think, I'm not, I believe the ICOM, the, the ICOM 51 Alpha, does not do five watts on the internal battery pack, but I would have to double check that. Um, so ease of use is the other. Is I don't want to have to carry the manual with me, um, though. From using some of the the the, the ASU radios, I've kind of had to keep the PDF on a, on a phone or my iPad to keep around with me, but it's not necessarily practical. Um, you know, it was just, and as I was reviewing and preparing for this, I had uh, looked at. Um, was looking at the FT60 and and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot it does it does do weather radio. Well, how do you get to weather radio? <laughs> um, and on the FT60, it's you know you press this button and that button. On the on the VX3, it's press this button and that button and whatever to get to the to the radio. 
Um, on the ICOM 51 Alpha, you just press the memory button, and each time you press it cycles through your different memory uh, memory modes. One of those is the weather. Wow. It's really simple for me to do. And uh, and so I don't have to have a manual with me, and, and it's really quick for me to get to, to what I want. You don't have uh, to have a PC either <laughs> and plugged into it. Exactly. Well, and actually, you know, and that's the the next thing. Uh, so, you know, the biggest thing, and I'd say the thing that I always would hear, you, you buy the radio, and it was always this this thing. It's like, all right, you're going to buy that HT. Oh, they're a bear to they're a bear to program, and you need to get the cable and and all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my god, this is going to be horrible. Um, now, fortunately, there's some really good programs out there. Unfortunately. Uh, for us folks who use things like uh, Macs and uh, uh, Macs and Linux, um, we have fewer options. Um, so RT Systems is probably the go-to that everyone always mentions for programming software. Um, I've never used it because I don't use PC. Mm. Uh, now I actually have uh, for for all my other radios, I use the uh, the Chirp software. Uh, it works really well on Mac. It works really well on Linux. I don't know how it works, so I can't really comment on the PC, but I do know that, that it does run on there. It has a lot of great features as far as it will allow you to import uh, import some of the, your repeaters from like RFinder if you happen to, uh, to be a subscriber to that and some other great sites. So you can pull in all the repeater information, and you can copy and paste all your uh, all your repeaters. You can copy and paste from one radio to another. So I actually can copy and paste my repeater information from uh, between all three of my Yaesu radios. I've got the A17, the FT16, and the, the 3XR. And even though they are programmed differently and some of the way in which they, they list the channel names, it's it still works really well. So that programming is is handy, um, but it would be nice if you didn't have to use a computer. And uh, one example, and I found this purely by by accident and by necessity. So you know, uh, and, and I was talking to Jeremy, and when I because I, I just a, a week ago I purchased the the ICOM uh, ID fifty one A Alpha Plus. And he said, you know, get the get the RT system software and the programming cable, which adds, by the way, about $50, $60 to your purchase. And uh, I got all that, and uh, I ran the software using Wine, because that's the option that I had, mm-hmm. and it didn't work. Wow. And, I, oh boy, I was frustrated. And turns out that ICOM actually gives you a CD, um, and then there is software that allows you to do programming as well, specifically for that radio. Um, didn't have to pay a thing, came with the radio. The only thing I didn't have was the, the cable. But the 51 Alpha actually uses a micro SD card. Oh. That I took a micro SD card, I popped it in. Well, first I had to format it on the radio, easy as pie, because there's a menu. You go down, you press the menu button, you go to SD. And then in there is format. Um, so I formatted the card, popped it into the computer, opened it up. And with that, I had all the features of the radio, all the memory. 
I was able to add and import CSV files. Uh, I was able to change the bank names to what I wanted them to be. Um, I was able to actually turn on some of the features. Um, saved that to the SD card, popped it back on the radio, booted it up, loaded the card, and my radio was programmed. That's fantastic. No, cab- <laughs> no cables, nothing. So to me, that that right there, that's so. If you're looking at a radio, and and you know, if you say, well, the, I mean, this is a little extreme, but if you say, well, that ICOM radio is a um, sixty dollars more, maybe it's a hundred dollars more. Think that I don't necessarily have to spend the fifty dollars to get the programming cable and the software well, yeah. because it's already going to come with it. And you know, we, we're begging, we're begging the the big three to give us some innovation. That's yes. pretty innovative. To put an SD card like we're used to using in our smartphones, our cameras, yes. when we used to have cameras, uh, but but to give us that option, that that I didn't realize that. That's pretty sick. Now, is that only the plus model, or does the anniversary anniversary edition also do the same thing, or do you know? I do not know okay. specifically. I believe it does because I do know the fifty one, just the straight fifty one alpha, mm-hmm. had the SD card as well. Okay. Uh, now, what features it does? That I don't know. Again, the, I'm I'm very new to the ICOM radio, right? Uh, but uh, but I will say right now it it truly is my favorite because again a lot of these things that I'm talking about of of how easy it is to go through them the the different features of the radio are just right there and very simple. There's a lot of we'll call, I'll call them drop down menus. And that makes a huge difference when, when you're trying to program. Especially when you're new, you're just trying to get your feet wet into the hobby. Hey, we'll be back in just a couple of minutes with Ed. Ed Bradshaw is going to talk to us, continue to talk to us. His call is Whiskey 4 EDF, and we're talking about HTs. Maybe your second HT, you're looking for something to upgrade where you started. We'll be back in a minute right here on Photon Podcast. Hi, everybody. It's Christine at Maine Trading Company in Paris, Texas. We just want to take a moment to say thanks to all of you guys for your support throughout the years. Six years in business now. After four different locations, the addition of our very own post office, ham radio, and local honey just seem to go together. Maine Trading Company, celebrating six years in the ham radio business. Thanks for all your support. This portion of the Photon Podcast is brought to you by the Kenwood THD 72 Alpha Handy Talkie. The D72 is a full-featured dual-band handy talkie with a built-in GPS and an APRS TNC. Use it as a standalone digipeter for APRS or even connect to your favorite Echolink node. The D72 will fill the voids in your handheld radio needs. And you can find the D72 and the rest of the entire Kenwood product line at mtcradio.com, mtcradio.com. We're back with Ed. Ed is Whiskey for Echo Delta Fox. You know, the cool thing about that call is Echo Delta and Fox are all really easy to say. They may not be single syllables, but they are really easy to say. November, oh, that just, it seems like it takes forever for me to say November with my call. Echo Delta Fox, I like it, man. Ed, thanks again for being with us. Yeah, not not at all. Uh, yeah, my original call sign was, uh, it, boy, if I could even remember it, uh, KK4JQR. It wow. would Kilo 4, Juliet, Quebec, Romeo. By the time I would get done 
uh, calling if there'd be a pileup. By the time at a contest, I'd be be calling on uh, putting my uh, call sign out there. The guy, he'd already be in the middle of of writing down the information from the the next person that he got. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, those vanities are nice. They they those are vanities really. are nice. And I've got some friends of mine. I'm not going to call them out on the air because I know they listen sometimes. I wish they would get vanities because their calls, <laughs> their calls are a mouthful. And two of them, they test they tested the same time, the same day, and they have identical identical calls except the very last letter of the suffix and even it sounds like the other one so one's a one's an e one's a g oh that's yeah a yeah so that's a lot of fun but anyway uh yeah. back to what we're talking about it and these are some of my buddies that use hts a lot uh, we're talking about hts we've been talking about hts talking about some of the um some of the things we're looking for in a, uh, a replacement or a second or maybe a higher-end HT than we started with when we first got licensed. We've talked about the Yaesu FT60. We've talked about the uh, VX3R. We've been talking in and out about the ICOM 51 Alpha Plus, which is your newest addition to the stable. Um, yep. Let's keep talking about some of the things that we might want to consider. Maybe we haven't considered because, like Kale, we never use our HT because we just hate having to deal with it. Uh, what are some of the other features that would probably be something for us to look forward to if we're shopping for a new HT? Well, let's let's kind of continue on the uh, the programming um, where you talk about the memory. So um, the radios, there's there. I found that there's kind of a very broad range of of ways in which radios handle memory, either the number of the available memories that they have, and and sort of what features you have. Um, what I like about what I like to see in a radio is to have a group feature for my memories, which allows me to put because you know I'm in the DC area, but I'm originally from Pennsylvania. My family's from up there. When I go up to Pennsylvania, I want to have my second set of of repeaters. So I have all my repeaters in a second group, and then I've also got. Uh, other channels as well. So I'm a mile from the uh, a mile from the Potomac River. Across the river is the uh, National Harbor and former Coast Guard. It's just sort of habit. It's kind of fun to listen to the um, listen to the maritime channels. Uh, and so I like to have those in there as well. It's just more or less just pure entertainment than anything. And I can have those in a second group as well. And where having the groups are handy is. A lot of radios that do the groups allow you to scan within the groups. And that's really nice because I can have a group of just repeaters and I can scan the repeaters and not have to worry that, oh, yeah, I've got, you know, someone's calling on, on the, the maritime channel. Um, as well as I don't necessarily want the radio to be zipping through repeaters that are, you know, 200 miles away up in Pennsylvania. Um, as well as when I'm trying to dial in. So having memories are really handy. Being able to label those memories and label those groups are really handy, more or less because I don't always remember that, oh, memory group two, that is my, you know, that's that's my uh, Pennsylvania repeaters or, you know, my MCOM group. So, um, so that's one of them. Uh, you know, Again, I think we talked about the AM/FM broadcast and and the benefit of that. Um, wideband. That's the other one I wanted to talk about. So you see a lot of stuff with wideband, and there's it, wideband 
is everything from all right this will do the uh, 110 megahertz on up to to the nine 999s uh that's handy for listening to if you like to listen to the aircraft bands as well as some others um but you see a lot of radios and the vx3r happens to be one that allow you to actually monitor all the way down into the lower hf frequencies i can monitor 40 meters however there's a bit of a problem with that in that i still have a little tiny antenna and as cool as that was when I first bought it, and I thought, oh, wow, that would be nice to be able to sit out and uh, sit out at lunch and listen to listen to some CW or listen to, uh, listen to the 20-meter bands. I never could pick anything up. Mm. And the same thing goes for the, uh, uh, for the shortwave bands that happens to be on that radio. As a matter of fact, it has built-in memories for shortwave channels. Um, at best, I could probably pick up uh, at the 15 megahertz, uh, where you'd have the time the time channel, mm-hmm. and every now and then, if the band was just right, you could hear that, and that was kind of cool. But but it really turned out to be one of the features that it and initially was I thought would be really cool that turned out to be not really as 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 handy or useful. So again, sometimes those extra features really don't don't add much well ed did could you could you if you were so inclined take a uh take a long wire out in yeah. your yard and connect it to that and you have your shortwave receiver let's say you're a tech wanting to get your general but you don't really know what you're missing or you want to listen to some shortwave is can can you connect an external antenna and make that uh, a little more propagation friendly so you could however uh, all the other the other really aggravating feature in that uh, when you start looking in those bands is when you turn the uh, turn the knob to change the channel you're going by say a, a five kilohertz uh, steps uh, so you're not actually so you're not tuning <laughs> you're not really tuning right and so again that was one of those other things is yes if you could get on the exact frequency that someone has to be but but it really s- turns out to be more frustration than than it is anything um so now you, now you mentioned maritime frequencies what about uh what about air frequencies i know some of these uh, higher end handy talkies will will receive the um aircraft frequencies is that anything you've ever done any time any spending time with uh, as a ma- yeah as a matter of fact it, in fact a lot i'd say not even the higher end the uh the ft60 um let me let me go back on that hang on a second i could be wrong no i don't think the ft60 does um but definitely the the icom does the uh 51 alpha i'm actually my office is within eyesight of the dulles airport tower and my house is in the flight path of the national airport, um, so uh, I can actually get aircraft all the time on it, and wow. it's it's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not a huge uh, sort of air airplane guy, but but again, it's it's enjoyable. Sometimes uh, I, I can would consider it somewhat of a morale builder. <laughs> When the when the repeaters go dead in the afternoon uh, between between eight and uh, three or four o'clock in the afternoon, it gives you something else to listen to. Exactly. Okay, I got you. Now, um, batteries are are like the uh, like the silver bullets for handy talkies. Yes. Um, 
I found that out uh, just the other day. I got the handy talkie out. I wanted to use it to listen to the radio, and the battery was dead. <laughs> yep. So uh, let's talk a little bit about battery. I know we've got some chemistry, different chemistries and different setups. We've got externals. We've got uh, we got battery trays we can put double A's in. I've actually got an old ICOM. I think it's a 7 or 7D that uh, runs off double A's, and it's just in my you know, get-home bag. I just leave it in there with some in-loops and, and trust it'll work for me. That's really the best handy talkie I've got. I never use it, but it's a really nice, really easy to program old handy talkie. But uh, let's talk about batteries and battery management for handy talkies. Yeah. So, and this is this is one of the things, and and I think this is probably you know as I talked earlier on why the FT sixty, um, even though sort of being as venerated as it is, is really one of my least favorite HTs, and it's because number one, it uses. Uh, nickel metal hydride battery, um, which means you're going to want, uh, you know, unlike the newer batteries that we're used to with our cell phones, you're going to want to use the battery up to the to the point of, you know, to where it says to charge it and then charge it and then use it again up to that. So you're almost stuck in this uh, cycle of, oh, it's not ready to charge yet. I need to use it a little bit more, <laughs> which can be really frustrating if, you know, you get home and it's it's got too much charge to really for for you to charge it, yet it's not enough charge for you to make it the next day, and that means now I got to carry a second battery. The other is batteries like that uh, actually don't hold on to their charge over a long period of time. So if you have that go bag, and you know you have your radio, you've charged the battery, you pop it in, and as you said, you go back to it, it could be dead. And, you know, that's that means now I've got to, to think about, all right, well, every month I've got to make sure my, my battery is charged in the, in the radio. I mean, not a bad thing to do, but it adds to that. that something uh, you're going to forget. Yeah, it's just it, exactly. It's something you're going to forget. Uh, conversely, the, the VX3, uh, that, uses, uh, that uses lithium-ion batteries. It uses a common lithium-ion battery that is found in camcorders which means i was able to buy what was it i think it was a pair of them for 18 dollars. wow um i'd charge those up and i've carried i've carried the batteries and that radio in my in my day-to-day sort of edc bag that i carry just to and from work um and i think it was a year and they the batteries were still held a a decent charge (laughs) and that that's really kind of handy because you know that radio is not a radio that I, I used a lot. It was more or less I, I liked the size that I could keep it and it was there when I needed, and I didn't really have to think about it. You pull it out and hey, I've got charge as well as the extra batteries. They're also very small and light, which is another thing. Yeah, you, know, you know a lot of a lot of the uh, handy talkies when you you want to buy a spare battery, you wind up paying a third of what another radio would cost you just to get a battery. Oh yeah, so that's you know that's something to factor in this as well. And like you said, you found an alternative, which is always great. <laughs> and and that and that's it. And and I have found alternatives for some of the other batteries. Um, now I, I I'll kind of just keep that um, because I've not actually tried them out. I I don't necessarily feel comfortable recommending you know hey go out to this place and get. But yeah. uh, they they are out there. And, uh, you know, maybe we can come back later with, uh, with a report on that. Um, but, uh, another thing is, 
So you talk about the charge, uh, the FT60, and 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 again, I I, I don't necessarily want to want to sit here and turn this into a uh, just beating up on that radio. It's a great radio. It's just the radio that I'm have experience with, so I can speak specifically to it. And so I think these are things that as you're looking for an HT um, that you're going to want to to look at and 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 see if this is is the same for the one you're looking at. But the FT60. Um, doesn't really have a good, very good charging uh, features in that if you, they tell you not to leave it on the charger for longer than, say, eight hours or whatever the, the time is. And that means, boy, don't forget it because you could damage the, the battery, um, at least according to their, to their documentation. And that is a frustrating thing because again now now with the nickel metal hydride i have to sit here and well i can't charge it now because i'll damage the battery i have to use it some more and then when it is time for me to charge i have to charge it for only a certain amount of time because the radio is not smart enough to stop charging Mm. um as an example the vx uh the vx3 you plug that in and when it's it it one it tells you what it's doing it tells you what the uh, – it automatically will shut off once it's, it's filled the battery up. Um, it also has an indicator on the front that tells you, you know, as you're using it, it's got the little bars that we're all used to nowadays. And so as I'm using it, I know that my battery is starting to get low, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, – that I think is huge. The, the FT60 doesn't have that. It does let you look at the voltage, but you either have to – turn the radio on to see that or go into the memory and zip through that whole thing just to see if you want to turn it off so so that and again there there's just more of those sort of little frustrating things that it's not it's not at the end of the day it's it's not something you know that on its own isn't necessarily a bad thing but as you start to talk about all these different features and you put them all together and you start to paint a much larger picture um the uh the icom uh the 51 alpha plus has a really interesting feature in that it only charges when it's turned off um when you turn it on it then uses the external power so if i have it plugged into external power it'll run on external power when it's on and when you turn it off it will charge but that can be changed in the in the uh, menu and you can tell it, I want to also charge while I'm using it. So there's a case of you have two options now. And uh, so one one might work better for you. So you have some, some extra flexibility. You know, it's um, th- that's, that's another thing that, that people may tend to forget or just not even be on their screen until they really need it. But uh, the capacity to charge your radio in the car or to power your radio in a vehicle Yeah. Uh, it saves you from having to buy another radio, number one. Uh, yes. It keeps your battery top so that when you do get out of your vehicle, you know, like it's just saying in MCOM situations, perfect perfect example. You yeah. use your HT, it's charging until you have to get out and, and start calling back in a net control. Um, do you have vehicular chargers or vehicular battery adapters and whatnot for your rigs? Because I, I try to keep those for the ones that I have, and they're not easy to find, especially for the Chinese rigs. Some of them work well, some of them don't. But uh, some of these higher end rigs, I'm going to have to assume that that they're at least available for purchase. Yes, and and I do um, because 
it, at least up until just recently with, with my new job, I've not had a need to have a mobile rig. So I actually, if I want to have a, a radio in my car, it's right now going to be my HT. And, um, and so what I do is I have in my car is my, uh, the, the 12-volt adapter plug, and that plugs into my radio and, and allows me to charge it. Now, and here's a, a perfect example of that that is different between radios. So um, the FT60, I think they recommend not using uh, the external power for um, for actually using your radio, that it's purely to charge, which means now if I'm going to have it plugged in, I'm not going to have it turned on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if, if it, at the minimum, I just want to, to drive around and listen to who's on the repeater. Um, I can't really do that, uh, at least uh, not according to to, uh, to to sort of the ASU manual. Um, now I have used the ICOM while it's been plugged in. Um, I'm not necessarily sure what they uh, what the uh, the specs. I haven't. Sometimes I'm I'm a little bit. I, I kind of like to push it a little bit, and I know a lot of lot of uh, radios. They say, well, you know, that that's just for charging. It's not for operating your radio. But um, at least, especially from these uh, these adapters. But uh, but I do, and I've I've had good luck so far. What uh, what other? You sound like a Yezu guy, and and there's no problem with that. Um, yeah, and and you, I think that you're finding a lot of love in this new Icom rig that you've got. Have you spent any time with the uh, the Kenwood TH Delta seventy two, which is their dual band with APRS and GPS built into it? I have spent uh, afternoons with that. That was always the HT that uh, up until recently I was uh, I was sort of. It was always on my my list of oh wow I really want that one because I like the I like the idea of the APRS I like the fact that you could plug it in it uh, had USB connection and you could send data over your over your laptop which again a great bit of use outside of just using it to talk on a repeater um, so yeah that one that one is actually a really nice radio um and i've I've known some people who've had it and had a chance to to mess around, but not a whole lot. I think Gerald's got one uh he does as mm-hmm. we used uh for the in the the field day last uh no not last year the year before last uh twenty fourteen we actually set uh his his h t up to beacon a p r s for it's, it's you know it's one of the points you can get for field day. Right. So we had uh, his his HT was beaconing APRS, cool. uh, and it was a really nice. It, it's a really nice feature, um, you know. Uh, so again, and especially if APRS is your thing, um, you know, I know that there is there is a bus driver. He works for the the Metro Transit Authority here in DC. Um, never met him, but I see him on. Uh, on the APRS site all the time, you know, the map. Mm-hmm. And he actually, as he drives around his bus, you can track the bus as it's going on the route. That's cool. So it's, an, it's, it's, so yeah, that's, it's one of those things. Yeah. And his wife can text him over APRS if she needs him to bring home some milk or something. There you go. If she's licensed. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Let's, uh, let's talk for just a minute about, um, our previous program, which 
it really struck a lot of nerves uh, in in a very good way. Now, sometimes yeah. you can say that struck that struck a nerve and mean it bad. The previous program we're talking about, folks, is the D Star Show that George and Jeremy uh, spent with us this last time. Uh, a tremendous response on that program. I, I I don't think we've had that much response since we did the Dayton show, uh, which was hugely popular. But uh, I know that Jeremy's inbox has just been flooded with folks, and thank you guys. We like hearing from you. Uh, that's you know we we like the encouragement. We like to converse and uh, hear your thoughts on the programs that we produce here on the show. Uh, that show was huge. The D Star show was huge. Um, now for me, D Star is going to be tough. There's nobody around here with it. Uh, I don't have enough bandwidth to to do it myself, so I'm still kind of a few years separated from that. But but Ed, I think since uh, since you listened to that, did did that affect your choice on this new icon that you just purchased? Did that have uh, anything to do with, it or had you already picked it up? One hundred percent, one hundred percent. And and you know I've and I've known Jeremy since actually before I was a licensed ham, um, and uh, and he I think he had D Star early on, and and the club that we belonged to also had D Star. And so it had always been around, but I never really saw much reason for it, much thought for it. After that program, and I listened to Jeremy and George talk about that, I was absolutely hooked. Um, <laughs> because I think they made a lot of good points. And I know I know there are a lot of people who, who think that, that you know, everything from the extreme of, well, D-Star is not ham radio. And, you know, that's an argument for another time. But... You know, since I've had since I've had this radio, and I've I've connected to some of the reflectors uh, that are out there. Um, I've listened to more more sort of DX conversations, just rag chew between. Uh, there was a listen to a guy who was in in Wales talking to a guy in Australia. Um, uh, another guy was talking to someone in in Poland, and I heard more conversations, more interesting conversations, and just more general um, that sort of uh, of level of of ham radio on D Star than I have ever on HF. Um, you know, HF is great, and you know this isn't again. I don't want to get into into you know what's what's better because there is no better. It's just there are a lot of great great avenues in ham radio um but hf at least so far that i've i've seen in, in my short time as a ham you know a lot of times you get up there and it's just all right i'm gonna what's what's my uh, my signal report and and you get through you you exchange a little bit of info and you're on to the next person um it's really great to hear people talking and i'm i'm i've yet to actually talk to too many people but i'm looking forward to to talking to people uh in in other countries and and talk about ham radio and or just general general conversation right have you uh have you used any of the system fusion repeaters at all because i think that you've got some up that way don't you we do actually uh we've we've got a couple and um i'd say at the time uh this was right before um let's say right before the podcast there was a point in which i was thinking all right i want to do a little bit more I'd heard about System Fusion, and I looked at that. Um, 
And uh, so it was kind of on the fence of where I wanted to go. And again, I after hearing a, what I thought was a really compelling argument um, from Jeremy and George that uh, that I decided with the D Star. But so, so ICOM can send uh, send them a commission check on your they, behalf. They can they can? I I would say at the end of the day, at the end of the day, they're probably very similar technologies I, I i'm sure that each has some merit um but the biggest argument was well there's a lot more there's a lot more infrastructure and a lot more other additional things that you can do today with d star it has nothing to do with the fact that you know the d star is no better than system fusion necessarily it's just the fact that d star has been around longer and more things have have been out there right um so for instance i i built and and it did not take it, it was not very terribly expensive. Um, with a, uh, it was $150. Uh, they got the DB Mega Board and an existing um, Raspberry Pi. I now have a uh, my own D Star hotspot um, that uh, now runs up in my uh, in sort of my man cave slash ham shack. I hooked that up to my external antenna uh, and uh, was able to walk around. The, the immediate neighborhood listening to to D Star, um, so just a, a fantastic uh, things that you can do with it. Um, so I really like that. Well, if you're new to the program, you need to go back and listen to the episode previous to this one and uh, enjoy the conversation with George and Jeremy. It was quite enlightening. Again, it was probably uh, top five most popular programs we've done yet. I don't really know what that says about the show host when he wasn't involved at all, but we'll just leave that right there. Uh, I do want to I do want to touch on something though that that Ed you just I just made you aware of as we were going on the air here. Yeah, uh, this this was the new uh, it's a PDF of a page from the latest QST magazine. That's the magazine that the ARRL produces. Uh, this is from the November 2015 issue, and it's on page 75. Um, and guys, I just threw this at Ed as we were going on because I just got it earlier today. And it's basically a breakdown of ARRL laboratory testing of handheld transceivers um, that they've done over the last four, five years, 2012, 13, 14, and 15. Um, a lot of these... Again, this isn't a beat up on the cheap Chinese handy talkie. Kel's got at least six or seven, maybe eight if you Ten, if you count my Oshins, which are the higher end cheap ones, but uh, anyway, uh, if you look at this table, Ed, uh, you see the big three listed on there. They're uh, they're virtually a hundred percent compliant. Uh, Kenwood stumbled in fourteen. Yezu stumbled in thirteen. Um, but past that, they're they're right on the mark. Uh, you, you look up in 2012, this is right after I was licensed, uh, the Oshin was 100%. Uh, that was when the Oshin was the cheap one of the day. Now, guys that are brand new in the hobby, you're ex- you're getting to experience a $35 handy talkie as your first purchase. Uh, when I first got licensed, $120 was cheap. Uh, when George got licensed, they used uh, rocks hitting together to make sparks and smoke. So I'm just kidding, George. <laughs> but uh, th- they were very expensive. Uh, so uh, looking at this, looking at this here, uh, I've got it in front of me. I-, I hope that you can see it there, Ed. Uh, yep. You can see that from 2012 to 2015, the lower end brands, the cheaper brands, the Amazon Prime handy talkies that are all the rage 
right now, you can see that apparently, according to the ARRL testing here, that their quality has not improved over the time that they've been involved in this testing, which is kind of disheartening. Yes. As a matter of fact, it's dropped yeah. quite a bit. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking right now for 2015 with Baofeng being 25% compliant um, and uh, Oxon being 86%, where, you know, your Yesu, Icom, Kenwood being 100%. Um, you know, that's that's a little troubling, uh, you know, and uh, kind of something to, to look at. I'll have to look at the, the numbers. And, and what I'm kind of curious about is, uh, you know, when we're talking about our maybe the Baofang radio, which, wow, in 2012, we're seeing 31% compliant with Baofang. Yeah. That's uh, that's something else, um, but is it the same model? Is it new? Is it newer models? Uh, that would be a really interesting thing to see. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, so there again, there's another there's another uh, thing to look at, and you know when you start to look at a radio, and I realize not everybody has the money to to sink in a three hundred and fifty dollar ICOM radio. Um, Fortunately, the, the ICOMs, and the reason it took me so long is they were just, I think it was $500 at the time that <laughs> Jeremy was getting them, and I, that was just way out. Yeah. Uh, um, more or less, and, and more or less, that, that number really came down to, well, that's $500. That radio had better do a lot yeah. for me to, to, to make that investment. And um, so, so, yeah, um, you know, so you might get a... a the uh, $35 radio, but keep in mind that there's some, some other things that, that, you know, may not, uh, don't necessarily compare when you start looking at, let's say the hundred dollar radios, which I believe the, say the FT 60 and some of the other, um, uh, sort of entry level of the, the, the big three mm-hmm. are in that hundred dollar range. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, that's one of the great things about, about the uh, the influx of the Chinese brands is that uh, it really drove down the pricing for on the yeah. con- on the consumer end, whereas you know I purchased my Oshin was the cheapest I could buy back in the day for 120 bucks, but I can almost touch that now with an FT60. I mean it's within 20 bucks, right? You know, um, and, and that's you know for a dude that's just getting into this and he really doesn't know what he wants to. <laughs> Ham radio is something, if, if, if you're not surrounded by it, you really don't know how you're going to take to it, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's why we try to inter- introduce all these different aspects of the hobby to give folks an idea of what they can really do with the hobby and what they may find themselves interested in once they get here. Uh, so, you know, they may, not, they may not want to spend $150, $250, or like you said, $380, you right. know. <laughs> so, yeah. well, you know, in, in my place... In my case, it took me, I was licensed almost five years before I could have finally get the money together to buy my mobile radio I wanted. You know, and I'm thinking this, you know, this is a 65 watt. You can do APRS with it. It's dual band, dual VFO, dual monitoring. You know, it's just, it's just a great rig. Um, would I, would I want to spend that much money on a five watt handy talkie? Uh, I, I still can't justify that right now, but it does. This discussion has shown me that I may be missing out on a lot of things. Uh, by not having something a little higher end, a little bit nicer than what I do have. Uh, and again, not to beat up on what you have, listener, if uh, if all you have is a UV5R that you got for 25 bucks and you're happy with it, 
We're not dissing that. We're just saying there may be some other choices as you mature in the hobby that uh, you may want to investigate uh, and kind of see what you're missing. Yeah, exactly. And and I think that's the thing. I, I probably would still, uh, although now that I'm seeing some of these numbers with the uh, the compliance, that I might actually change my my thinking. Is you know, you're brand new ham. You just got a, a your technician license. You know, it doesn't necessarily make sense to go out and buy a really expensive HT um, because you really don't know if this is even a hobby for you. Um, you know, but once you're sure that you, this is this is what you want to do, that's when you know you can definitely. Uh, I think it's it's good to start considering some of the other things and and that uh, this is a bit more of an investment and can kind of give you. Um, access to some some better features or at least again as as I, as I talked earlier of you know to to make it easier for you to use this radio every day and uh, and encourage you to do such you know one of the things we didn't even talk about uh, of course Gerald's not here to really explain it to us but I know that with his Kenwood his Kenwood handy talkie he can talk back into his TS2000 and remote control his TS2000 with that handy talkie that's pretty yeah, awesome that's- that's another thing. That's another thing I did not bring up. Now I, I actually own the uh, uh, one of the Kenwood uh, HF radios. Um, thanks, Jeremy. Yeah, thanks, Jeremy. It's actually become the. Uh, I, it's like every time I'm listening to the podcast, it it seems to get brought up. But I've got the uh, the TS four eighty SAT that I purchased from Jeremy. Um, and uh, the one thing I've yet to do is actually set up a. Uh, uh, a remote with with the uh, Kenwood radio, mostly because I didn't have the Kenwood. Um, but that was as I was as I was looking to do my purchase. That was one of those features that that I had thought about. But I think at the end of the day, again, the D Star was kind of the, the the thing that I felt would be would be uh, the most useful. A lot of it was, you know, I could actually now get back on the radio with Jeremy and and he and I could talk. And uh, I thought that was kind of a cool. A cool feature. Yeah. yeah. Hey, and speaking of that, I'll stop right here for just a second off topic completely. Uh, but just the other day on the Echolink server that Baynet has allowed us to participate with uh, for the Photon podcast, we had listeners. Uh, we had uh, Brett from Louisiana. We had Tim from California. We had George on there from California. And uh, Rick, who was on uh, with the scouting episode a few a few shows back from South Carolina, like an hour away from me, we we've still never connected on the local repeaters. We were on Echo Link, and we had a, a great QSO. Uh, but you know, having the capacity to do that with your handy talkie with D Star, walking around, just hanging out during your lunch break in the metro area, that's got that's got to be something really cool that would in, would encourage me if I lived closer to something like that to purchase something that yeah, I could use. Exactly, and um, and you know, I I think that is that is kind of a great thing, and and actually, if, if I can again, kind of take it sure. a, a little bit of a side here, talking about um, a lot of these digital modes, uh, like D Star and System Fusion, uh, a lot of the things that you hear as a uh, kind of a negative is, well, what happens when what happens when the internet goes down. Um, and uh, you, you know you lose all that. Well, as far as the HT going to another HT, you're still doing the digital mode between the two. There's no need to have the internet between the HT and the repeater. You're just doing the digital mode, and to the repeater to other HTs that are in there in that digital mode. There's no need for the internet. 
Now, if I want to link to a another gateway, if I want to link to a reflector, that's a different story. But um, uh, another podcast, uh, and I think this kind of was the other reason that I I definitely decided to jump to uh, to D Star was. Uh, and if you don't mind my mentioning the uh, Linux in the Hamshack podcast, um, and, and as a Linux user, that's that's uh, another one I listen to. That is a uh, fantastic show, by the way, guys. If you're not listening to it, you need to listen to the Linux in the Hamshack podcast. And, and the one and the program to listen to, and I, I uh, we can put it in the show notes. Uh, they uh, they talked with a, a gentleman about um, about uh, Hamnet. And using ham radio and uh, these old uh, these old Wi-Fi routers to set up a mesh network using the ham bands. Mm-hmm. And if you think about that, I don't necessarily need the internet. I can do D star and link up these uh, link up a mesh network of my own and build my own D star. Um, so, so it's just if if that's one of the things is you're thinking and and. Uh, Kind of going from this being an HT talk to another D Star program, but um, but it is something to say that number one, that is ham radio. When you can start using uh, these other technologies with the ham bands to build a mesh network, that then you can use a D Star radio that uses a combination of of, of radio and networking and. Uh, you, you know, and this could be set up in an emergency situation, and uh, certainly something to think about and listen to, and gives you some new ideas. Absolutely, and you know, we're going to have, uh, we're working on right now a uh, hamnet ham mesh net show, so that's coming up pretty soon. Uh, and it's funny, you know, for that last thing you said about using radio and networks, uh, I, I come from a background of telecom. My dad worked for Ma Bell. His entire adult career, retired 36 years of service with, with Bell South, AT&T, whoever. Uh, so used to be Southern Bell. But anyway, Dad spent years working in the CO. And I can remember when they were swapping things over, uh, and, and they brought hard drives in were th- that were as big as 55-gallon drums, you know, that were like one half of a gig. You know, it was ridiculous, but they were huge. Uh, here recently, my brother-in-law, who is in telecommunications now, has been asking me to help here and there. And now it's all network. It used to be we had uh, you know network cables and we had phone cables, and we pulled one kind for one and one the other. I remember you know we pulled coax at one time for computer networking, but now it's all the same. And just as telecom has changed over the last twenty years of just my involvement in it, uh, ham radio has changed. And you know we can't sit here and worry about an EMP taking out our infrastructure all the time. I mean, we need to be prepared for everything. Don't, don't take that as a disregard of preparedness. But if we, if we only focus on those things, we'll miss out the enjoyment on the other things. And right now, while we have the capacity to use that type of technology, I say we run with it and have a great time. Oh, exactly. And, you know, you know, the, there there are any number of things that can happen. You know, and and I didn't necessarily get into ham radio for the the MCOM side of it, but it is again a fascinating, it's interesting area to talk about. But um, you know, I found that things like the the Derocha that we had, and actually that happened uh, within months of my getting my license, and um, you know, all the power was down, and. 
that's enough right there. You know, you don't have to have some some zombie apocalypse to <laughs> to worry about. It's it's the things that do happen. It's the fact that you know we we nearly had a, a hurricane come come through here. Fortunately, it stayed far from us. Unfortunately, you all got hit with a lot of rain. Yeah. Um, but it's it's those things. It's it's the the more common um, sort of day to day disasters that happen. That uh, some of this technology, though, though you might think, all right, well, networking and the internet, um, you know, we can build our own network exactly. and we can connect it with with ham radio and and so you know, a lot of this technology, though, though, ninety percent of the time, I'm going to use it uh, to talk over the internet and and chat with a guy in in Europe, just just to just to chat. Um, it still means it still doesn't mean I can't use it in in these emergency situations and and you know once more back to some of my my earlier uh, my earlier thoughts with HTs and and this really applies to every aspect of the hobby. So the more that you use it, the more that you're the more that you're encouraged to use it. Be it that it's just fun to do. I you know I have something that I. You know, I have a radio, and there's something that I can do with it every single day. The more that you do it, the more familiar you become. And when those times happen, when when you have to respond to an emergency or uh, something of that nature, you're ready for it. You don't have to specifically say, "All right, I'm gonna you know once a year have a, a training exercise." It's every day is my training exercise. Yeah. So so that's why you know. Definitely find uh, f- find features in a radio that that you're going to want to use outside of just talking on the on the repeater. Now, I'm granted if talking on the repeater is all that you want to do, that's again that's that's it. But but definitely uh, that's that's my thought. Well, Ed, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, I know that we've talked about having you on since, gosh, uh, the yes. very first. <laughs> you know, when when Jeremy and I connected, he's like, "Oh, you got to meet my buddy Ed." You know, you, you you love Ed. Ed's great, and some of the antenna stuff you've done, we still want to have you on a chat about. Uh, and I know that you and Jeremy would would have a lot of fun with that. I thank you for coming on chatting with me about this because. Uh, you know, I don't have those radios. I, I can't fund that right now, but it mm-hmm. does give me an excuse to say, you know what? Maybe I need to uh, maybe think down that road. Maybe that would be a nice feature to have. Maybe we can get D Star, uh, just a for instance, uh, if we you know had enough people here in the local area to uh, to get one of those running. Uh, maybe I could even get a DVAP or something uh, one day when I finally get some great internet connectivity down here. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's something to look forward to. And, and uh, having this conversation, I think, has definitely changed my outlook on it. And I hope that, uh, and I'm sure I should say, that it has some of our listeners. Again, this hasn't been a beat up session on your particular brand that you like the most. I mean, we've talked about the big three here because the big three offer the most features. Uh, that's why they call them the big three. And you can even look at some of the Alinko radios, not to discard those guys, or disregard them, rather. Uh, they make some really nice radios as well that maybe aren't as feature-laden, but they've got some with some some odd combinations of frequencies. If you like the really high bands, uh, they've got some dual banders that would probably attract you as well. So, Ed, again, thank you for coming on and chatting with us and sharing with us your time, and we hope to have you back on the show again soon. I hope to be. Thanks a lot. And again, a big thanks to Ed, Ed Bradshaw, Whiskey 4, Echo Delta Fox. Now, 
We have an addendum down at the bottom of this about some of the charging that we kind of talked about on one of the units. Uh, Ed addressed that through the owner's manual. So make sure you check out all the show notes at photonpodcast.com along with the video links. Yep, we got the videos up of Ed. So not only can you hear him, you can go watch him in action at Field Day a few years back. And as he explains, this really cool sooner or later for an antenna he developed. It's it's really sweet. So make sure you check those out. Photonpodcast.com is the show website. Uh, don't forget, on that page at the very bottom, on today's episode page, there's a link if you want to catch out one of the uh, brand new Photon logo t-shirts. They are available right now on Teespring. You click the button. Yeah, I've got a just an, an, a large array of colors to choose from. So if you want girl colors, boy colors, or just olive drab cool colors, make sure you click on one of those today. Pretty inexpensive. They're making them some really nice tees. It's American Apparel stuff, so check it out on Teespring. Again, thank you for listening. Thank you for shopping with the main trading company, mtcradio.com. Their specials are still going right now on those HF rigs. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to the International Podcast Special Edition show, and Richard tells you about the sick deals he's offering on some of his rigs right now in stock. So if you're looking to buy an HF rig, don't miss the opportunity there. That's about all I got to say, guys. I'll be back next time, and I've got a really couple of interesting shows. I don't know which one's going to come in first, but I'm working with three or four different people, and I'm really excited about every single one of them. So make sure you come back. You check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Google+, all those places. Share this with your friends. Let's spread the news. Let's go into 2016 on fire. This is K4CD and 73, y'all. Thanks for downloading, listening, and subscribing to AmateurRadio15.com presents Photime, the other ham radio podcast. You can find our past episodes, web links, and more at AmateurRadio15.com. That's AmateurRadio15.com. Follow us on Twitter at Photime Podcast. And remember to visit our show sponsor, Main Trading Company, at MTCRadio.com. Till next time, 73s.